Hi, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbaugh. Taya Miles is a historian, which means she's part-time traveler and part-private investigator. Her new book, All That She Carried, is the history of one bag, a cotton sack, and the generations of Black women who owned it. The book just won this year's National Book Award for nonfiction, and it's easy to see why. The sack dates back to 1850, and Miles uses whatever scant historical records she could find to tell these women's stories and their loves and losses, not to mention the history of this country. There's something else about this sack that's important, too. There's a message embroidered right onto it by Ruth Middleton, one of the sack's owners. And Taya Miles kicks off this interview with Here and Now Scott Tong by reading it. So can I ask you to start by reading the words that are embroidered onto this bag, which is still around? Yes, it would be an honor to read them. My great-grandmother Rose, mother of Ashley, gave her this sack when she was sold at age nine in South Carolina. It held a tattered dress, three handfuls of pecans, a braid of Rose's hair, told her, It be filled with my love always. She never saw her again. Ashley is my grandmother, Ruth Middleton, 1921. Wow. And and we're going to talk about Ruth and Rose and Ashley. I first want to ask you, what is it about this object, this story that captivated you to do so much historical sleuthing into the story? Well, the object itself is unique and beautiful and moving and mysterious. When a person sees it for the first time, I think they just fall into the story, as sad as it is, and also into the recognition that despite this drama that occurred generations in the past, the family did survive. They did pass down this object which was a testament to their love. Yeah, yeah, well, let's talk about, about these women. First of all, Rose. Were you able to identify Rose and her daughter Ashley in the records you were combing through? I was able to identify her to what I think is a very near best guess argument. Hmm. And I was fortunate in this task to be following in the footsteps of an anthropologist named Mark Auslander, who also traced this family. Now, there are not a lot of records about Rose or about Ashley, and this is often Mm. the case when it comes to enslaved people, enslaved women in the antebellum period. So we can only come so far to absolute certainty. But I think that we have nearly gotten there to determine that Rose was more than likely enslaved in Charleston, South Carolina in the 1850s, and that she and Ashley would have been separated at that time. Yeah, and the, the suggestion is, the, or, or the, I guess perhaps the historical inference, is that Rose handed this down to her daughter Ashley at the auction block or around that time before they were separated. I've read that a number of people who have seen the sack on display at the National Museum of African American History and other places they began weeping when they saw the sack. Have you talked to people who've become overcome with emotion? Yes, I have had the chance to talk with people who saw Ashley's sack uh, on 
display and with curators who have worked with the object. And also I've heard from uh, readers of my book who've talked about their reaction to it. And the, the story is so seemingly simple that I think it goes right to the heart of people's own feelings and thoughts about their relationships. So one person told me about what it had been like to be an adoptive parent, actually, and how seeing the sack and reading my book helped him to think about that initial separation of his adoptive child from their birth mother. I've had that same thought. I'm an adoptive parent, and uh, particularly on that Mm. anniversary that comes every year. Yeah, we we kind of visit that um, Mm. and our thoughts on that. Now let's talk about the sack and the items that were inside. You describe these items as bearers of memory and information. So let's talk about them. There's a tattered dress, three handfuls of pecans, a braid of Rose's hair, the mother's hair. Why is the hair especially significant, you think? The hair is significant in so many ways, especially with regard to African-American culture and African diasporic culture. In a most basic sense, the hair, which was a braid, very important again culturally, could almost function like a memento because it was, in a way, a visual and tactile representation of Rose herself, Ashley's mother. And black hair has often been denigrated and maligned in American culture. So there's an additional layer of meaning here, which is indicative of uplifting those aspects of ourselves that have actually been subjugated in American culture mm-hmm. that comes through this gift of the braid. There are also spiritual and religious implications having to do with the braid because pieces of hair could be used in African-derived religious ceremonies among enslaved people. As you describe it, I just think it, it so humanizes what can be a dehumanizing chapter in time. Mm-hmm. And then there's the tattered dress. And you write that before there was a printing press, clothing and weaving and other textile work was a way for women to preserve history. So what's preserved here? People have used clothing across the millennia to communicate with one another about uh, social status, about religious beliefs, about the ideas of themselves that they hope to project to others. And so this dress that we know Rose packed for Ashley was participating in that kind of rich, deep, complicated cultural communication. Yeah. There's Rose, the mother, uh, during the period of slavery and the daughter. And then, of course, Ruth, who lived in the 20th century, she stitched those words in the bag that you read. What do we know about Ruth and how she recovered the sack? Ruth was the artist. She was the person who got the story down onto, not a page per se, but onto a piece of fabric. We can infer from the inscription that Ruth heard this story, that it was passed down through this family of women because she claims Ashley as her grandmother in real time. And she also includes this line, told her, which suggests that she is repeating a story that she had heard from her own grandmother, Ashley. 
Wow. I mean, being able to draw these connections and, and particularly as you write about, about these women, you know, I've dug a little bit into my own family history, especially my maternal grandmother. And I learned, I guess this is obvious, right? Men historically have property to pass along. They have heirs mm-hmm. listed in genealogies. Women in, in my family's genealogies, their names are not in the book, right? They don't have property, mm-hmm. uh, traditional property to, to, to pass down. So these objects are kind of their property, yeah, to pass down. That's for exactly the rest of us. right. That's exactly right. And that makes them even more special because women, in general terms, didn't have the same kind of property or, or the same extent of property as men, across racial groups and across class groups. And of course, enslaved Black women were themselves legally defined as property. So property was even more Mm. precious. Something like a tattered dress was incredibly meaningful and incredibly valuable to an enslaved Black woman. And finally, today, as you know, the country continues to have a challenging conversation about race and history I live in the state of Virginia, where there are Confederate Mm. statues and monuments that are coming down. Just this week, the main thoroughfare that I live off of had its street sign changed uh, from Lee Highway, as in Robert E. Lee, to a new name. Mm. In your book, you draw a contrast between these big Confederate monuments and statues and this sack. Tell me about that. Mm -hmm. Well, Scott, I feel that these Confederate statues are a problem because they are signaling to anyone who walks past them, who, who lives near them, who has to see them, that the values of the Confederacy are being respected and honored in those localities. And I strongly disagree with the values of the Confederacy. If those values were still in play, I would not be someone who was autonomous and free and who had the right to vote. And yet... These are very divisive issues in our culture. And we know that these kinds of debates can even lead to violence. Ashley Sack is, in my view, a really different kind of monument to the past. It's not huge. It's not made of stone. It's not in the middle of a town square. And yet it speaks as loudly, I think in part because it is clearly expressing the importance of love and care and continuity and resilience. Taya Miles is professor of history at Harvard. Her book is All That She Carried, The Journey of Ashley Sack, a Black Family Keepsake, and it has been nominated for the National Book Award. Taya Miles, thanks very much. Thank you, Scott.